From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And for this edition, it is my privilege to have as my special guest, Father S. Matthew Gray, Vocations Director here at the Archdiocese for the Military Services. Father Gray, thank you for joining me. You're quite welcome, Taylor. Thanks for having me. And Father Gray, uh, you have been uh, on board here almost a year. Uh, You have your job cut out for you. Uh, We have a tremendous chaplain shortage in the U.S. military. Currently, there are only 188 Catholic priests serving as chaplains in the U.S. military. That's all branches and ministering to a population of 325,000 active duty military personnel in all branches, and that's not counting their families whom uh, the chaplains also serve. All that amounts to one priest per 1,700 Catholics, and again, I say not counting their family. That's a (laughs) a huge number of Catholics. It is. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about this tall order in front of you as vocations director? It's your responsibility to plug that gap, relieve that shortage. Yeah, I look at myself kind of a, you know, as as a, as a fisherman, really. You, you know, God sends the the fish; you just cast the net. You know, so God's calling men to uh, to the priesthood and to the military chaplaincy. I'm there uh, to catch them and to help them. You know, so an instrument of God in that way. The numbers don't really bother me too much um, because we we need holy priests, we need quality priests. We don't need. Uh, uh, quantity of priests and of course that would be nice it'd be nice to have you know tons of priests but it'd be even better to have good holy priests in the military uh tell me a little bit about uh, you know your vision for uh, the vocations office and where things stand right now well sure uh, prior to my coming to the ams uh, when i found out that uh, i was going to be a vocation director for for the diocese um, i was currently deployed and uh, the archbishop he, he called me up and said uh you know, I'd like for you to be my vocation director. And I thought, well, that would be amazing. Archbishop Timothy Brolio. Yes, yeah. And uh, I was like, well, that would, that would be amazing. I mean, I don't know what, what I'd have to bring to the, to the table, the military experience and, uh, and just my love for the priesthood. And he said, well, that's enough. That's what we need. Let me interrupt you here at this moment. Now, you yourself are in the Air Force, correct? I am. I serve as an Air Force chaplain in the 169th Fighter Wing in the South Carolina Air National Guard. And you're a captain. I am. And where were you when you received this phone call from Archbishop Brolio? And when was that? I was I was in the Middle East, um, and it was I just arrived to the location, and about a week with boots on the ground, and I got an email from him, uh, out of nowhere, and uh, just saying you know he he wanted to talk to me, and normally it'd be something he'd ask if uh, if in person, uh, but he was going to be in the area. He's flying through Bahrain, and I was like, well, who flies through Bahrain, you know? <laughs> and but he wanted to see me. He's in the neighborhood, and I said, well, you know that you know that would have been great, but it, things didn't work out. He wasn't able to come by, but so he said uh, he offered me that the position there, and so we through a series of discussions and talks, uh, I accepted. I see. So this was sometime early last year. About this time last year, actually, probably about a year ago within this week. 
I see. And we're recording this on January 13th, 2022. Yeah. So about a year ago then. And uh, so you had to finish your tour in the Middle East. I did, yeah. So I, obviously I had other obligations. And uh, so he said, don't worry about that. Your focus right now is on the airmen, sailors, and soldiers there in your location. So uh, take care of them. And, uh, and so I did. So focus on that. But I was deployed until uh, July. And so I got to come home about the end of July. I see. And then took up residence here at the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center sometime. Around. I did. I did my R&R and my leave uh, from coming back, kind of reintegrated back into normal life here and then uh, packed my bags and moved, moved up to D.C. And you're taking the place of Father Aidan Logan, who has since moved on and is doing pastoral work in Michigan now. Yes, and I thank God for him. He, he really has, did a great job in his ministry here. And while when I found out that I was going to be the next director of vocations, he just wanted he wanted to retire. But, <laughs> but he agreed that he'd, he'd stay on for another seven, eight months um, until I got to come home. Very good. So you've had time to get acclimated. Uh, Share with me, what uh, what is the state of affairs right now in the vocations office here at the Archdiocese? Well, things are very good. Um, we're exciting. We have 38 amazing men um, studying for uh, different dioceses. We have actually 32 different dioceses represented across the United States, and they're studying in 20 different seminaries. Wow. All of these studying to be priests and military chaplains. Yes, sir. It's a very unique calling. You know, to, to be a priest is a, is a beautiful calling in your life. Most people are called to the married life, and thank God for that, right? Um, but so majority, the, about, the average is about one in four men or one in four women are called to live the religious life. So we're looking at one in four men called to, to be priests. From that number, um, then we're like f very small percentage are called to be military chaplains. Only one percent or fraction of one percent of the U.S. population decide that they want to enter into military service. Now, what would be the difference in a young man who wants to be a run-of-the-mill priest and one who's called to be a chaplain? Uh, is, is it possible to identify, to name a set of characteristics that define the chaplain versus the run-of-the-mill priest? Well, it's it would be difficult because you, you want a military chaplain, you want him to be a to be bold, to be brave, to be willing to sacrifice his life, uh, to, to give of himself, um, lots, spend lots of hours you know, awake and in long days, and that's really no different than a priest in a, in a parish. And they have to be in shape, or at least capable of getting in shape. Well, that, that is one of the things, yeah. We, yeah you have to meet the military requirements of your BMI and your weight and your fitness. You have your PT test and uh, you know, things like that. All right. Now, you say there are 38 young men coming through uh, seminaries. This is through the co-sponsored seminarian program, correct? Right, correct. Yeah. Uh, what is the co-sponsored seminarian program? It's a great program. It's a partnership, really, between uh, home dioceses and the military archdiocese. Now, the Archdiocese Military Services is a diocese that uh, expands the entire globe, um, and it's not uh, a military organization. It's a completely civilian organization, civilian diocese. But we act as kind of the middleman between uh, the military and, let's just say for, for sake of discussion, civilian dioceses. Uh, and that, in that co-sponsorship program, we agree to, to pay for half of the man's uh, seminarian's uh, education. Not only his education, but his entire formation uh, for a period of whenever he enters in seminary to when he's ordained a priest. So that could be anywhere from six to eight years. Uh, 
And so we pay for half of that formation. And in that process, we work hand in glove with the vocation director of their home diocese in the man's formation. I'll go to visit seminaries, so all 20 seminaries I go and visit. I meet with every one of our seminarians, and I have a, a good relationship with them and talk with them about their formation and their discernment along the way in their formation. And at the end of uh, their formation, they're, they're ordained priests, God willing, and they have a three-year period where we want them to be in the parish. And it's in the parish that you really kind of learn how to be a priest. In seminary, you, you teach kind of how to be a priest a little bit, but it's not really till you get in the parish that you really integrate the priesthood and what it means to be a parish priest. Uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta, she was asked like about priesthood and the shortage of priests. And she says, you know, there's no shortage of priests. She says, we don't, we don't need any more priests. What the church needs is holy priests. And she's right. And so when I think of military chaplaincy, you know, we have enough chaplains. We don't need any more chaplains. What we need are holy priests in the military chaplaincy. And so it's in that three-year period that these priests uh, integrate the priesthood in their lives from the formation that they've received. And after that, then they go into five-year committed service and active duty across all the branches. And in that time, uh, after five years of, of service, they, they gain the Montgomery GI Bill, 9-11 Bill. They get uh, educational benefits that if the bishop would like to bring them home, which he can at the end of that five years, they bring with them uh, a free education so they can go on to further educational studies, whether it be canon law or moral theology, whatever the bishop would, would want them to do. I see. So this is a partnership where uh, a, a young man who... Um, comes up through a home diocese or a religious community, mm -hmm. uh, decides uh, he wants to pursue chaplaincy. So the the uh, diocese and or the or, or not and or but or the religious community will share the expense with the AMS. And when the young man is ordained, he gets three years of practical experience in that yeah. diocese or um, a religious community. That uh, is part of the reason why there's a partnership, right? I mean, right. The, the first three years, the home parish or the religious community uh, gets the, uh, the benefit from the services of the new priest, and the new priest gains experience as a priest before he goes into the military, so he doesn't go in totally green to the gills. <laughs> right, yeah, you really have to be integrated in your priesthood in the military. It's a very different world. Now, the co-sponsored seminarian program has grown by leaps and bounds over the past 15, 17 years or so. Back in 2008, there were only seven men in the program, and now they're what? You said? We have 38 now. Oh, wow. How, yeah. how did that happen? Well, we, there was a need that, that was there. Um, it, it's different. Formation for a man is very expensive, and so bishops were a little reluctant to, to let a man go into military service after he'd already paid so much on his seminary formation. Um, so the idea came across that if we were to partnership, if we were to go in and pay half, then that would ease the burden on the home diocese and it'd be beneficial to the military with the, with the agreement that they would go on for a minimum of five years. Now, at the end of that five years, the bishop, he can, he can call him back. Actually, the bishop can call him back anytime if he wants. Um, but at the end of that five years, um, he has that option. And so the military at least gets five years of, of committed service for a military Catholic chaplain. I see. But some of them go on to a whole career in the military. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of bishops have been so generous 
uh, to the AMS about allowing those their priests to, to remain in the military because the need is is amazing. It's great. Uh, so a lot of priests will continue on uh, by being because they're allowed by the bishop to do so. And you have uh, firsthand experience. Tell me about that. Uh, you were the only Catholic priest serving how many? And where was this? Well, I'm not able to say uh, okay. where, where I was. Other than the, I was in the Middle East. Gotcha. Um, but if uh, yeah, I was around three thousand people. Wow. Uh, so how did you manage that? <laughs> step by step, <laughs> a lot of patience. Well, uh, what was your day like? In the, how, how long was this deployment to the Middle East where you were? Uh, it was minister- seven, seven months. Seven months. Mm-hmm. So seven months, you're ministering to some three thousand. Catholics in yeah. several branches, all yeah. far from home in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, wh- where did you say mass? Uh, how did you have confessions? I, I mean, what was all that like? Oh man, it, it was a wonderful experience, uh, life-changing experience. Um, it was, being, I'm an Air Force chaplain, and so we t- tend to operate out of uh, out of chapels. So we'll be at at a base, and we'll have a an office and a chapel right right there at that location. And so I would offer. Daily Mass, confessions, adoration. We pray the rosary. Um, I was there during Lent. So we did Stations on the Cross. And, of course, I'd have counselings. People come in, just like normal things so that uh, people come to, to a priest about, you know. And so they would come to me. I'd give a little counselling. And, and then I would go off. We had a, a forward operating base uh, that was about 30-minute helicopter ride out to, to go to. And, and so we'd go out and minister to them. The, the people that we had there. Uh, then we had uh, an army unit that was nearby, and so the Trump, they put me in a Jeep, and then out we go uh, to the army base, the air defense artillery. So That was going to be my next question. How did you get around? Did you fly around in a helicopter? They'll, yeah, they'd lift you up in uh, Blackhawks, um, take you from, from the base to the, to the point. Um, I was chaplain for the Air Force Pararescue Group. And these these are special operations forces that their main mission is to uh, to save lives, which I, I really love and I admire them. And in fact, their motto is, uh, "They do what they do so that others may live." And so they have specialized HH-60W um, helicopters that go out, and they will take you to to that Ford operating base, and you get out there, and then you boots on the ground, you just offer mass, you spend time with them, you minister to them, uh, and it's just a wonderful experience uh, to. <laughs> To be, spend that time with them. That's dedication to say that kind of work is a wonderful experience. Oh, it is. You know, people are people. You know, whether you're in the military or not. Um, gosh, we all laugh. We all cry. We all have a family back home. And uh, to, to be with them and just give them a little sense of normalcy from, from back home. I, I got the call signed Godfather while I was out there because I was they, they'd want uh, things. They wanted rippets, which is a, a military drink. Not a military drink. It's an energy drink, but it's popular in the military, and uh, and we didn't couldn't get any. So I was trying to resource some some rippets to get in there. They wanted um, some rugs on their feet because they were where they were. They were out in tents, um, and so the ground is a desert, and so they wanted when they got out of bed, their feet weren't hitting the rocks and stuff. So I'm trying to get them um, rugs that they could put in, just simple creature comforts that that um, that any person would have wanted. I see. You must have been exhausted though. Oh, long days. Yes, yeah, so 12-hour days were an average. I mean, you get up in the morning, I mean, it'd be up 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, where we were, the, the bathrooms were uh, 128 steps away. So it's a, a little bit of a hike to get to <laughs> to the bathroom and get the shower. So you get up early in the morning, and uh, 
go to the bathroom, get ready for the day. Um, then I'd offer mass, uh, go you know, to the office, off, uh, have my coffee, review the day, what I have to do, and figure out, well, am I, what unit am I going to go visit? Am I going to go out to the, the fighter jets flight line? Am I going to go to security forces? Am I going to go to the Army artillery site? Um, and, and we had coalition partners in the area, too, which I would go out and I would, I would go to visit them as well just to, to build up relationships with the, uh, the NATO chaplains. And I suspect if you had to walk those steps in times of need, you'd know exactly how many steps there were. Oh, you do, <laughs> especially in the middle of the night. You, you have to. <laughs> well, so you're going to bring this experience to bear, I'm sure, in your advice to young men thinking about, do I want to do this? Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful life. It's an amazing experience. I, I was able to be in a location where uh, – People were very susceptible uh, to receiving Christ in their lives. They were willing to listen and to, um, to, to draw closer to the Lord and to be able to be an instrument of God in that. It was, it was an amazing experience. Did you find being near or on the front line of combat encouraged that kind of thinking? I think so. I mean, I think the, the saying that there's no atheists in foxholes is really true. You know, you get out there and you have time to think. Um, a lot of people come from very difficult backgrounds back home. And it's not made any easier when, when you're in a deployed environment, uh, but you have time to kind of reflect and, and, and come to the Lord, you know, and, and to find out what am, I, what am I really doing with my life? And uh, so, yeah, you definitely have a lot of time there to, to discern that. Did you experience any conversions firsthand that you could share? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I had, uh, had a guy, he was... Uh, he, he was thinking about becoming Catholic, married guy, his wife's Catholic, and he was going to Catholic Mass just to support her. And where we were, we were very close to some very significant religious sites. And he he really wanted to to see those. And so I got an authorization to take him and another group out to go, go see this site. And it was there that he was um, just converted right there. He said, this is, this is the Catholic faith. This is beautiful. And um, he became, he decided he wanted to enter into the Catholic Church. So I began teaching him and instructing him uh, through RCIA and uh, eventually got to uh, bring him into the church, baptize him, confirm him. All this took place on deployment? It did, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. So the Archdiocese has 188 priests on active duty in the United States military, serving all branches and ministering to a population of 325,000 active duty Catholics not counting their families. That's 188 for 325,000, not counting their families whom they also minister to. We have 38 young men coming up through the pipeline, through the co-sponsored seminary and program. At that rate, is that enough? Will that be enough to relieve the shortage in time? Well, I mean, it would be great if we had many, many more priests in the military. Uh, but you know you want to what you you want quality is what you want. Um, Jesus started with twelve, you know, and look where we are now. Uh, so I think the the numbers are important to to say you know there there is a great need, but we as Catholic priests can can do an awful lot. God gives us the graces that we need to do what we need when we need to do it, um, and as long as we ourselves are close to the Lord, and. When, when he is, then he'll find that the ministry that he does is multiplied a great deal. We do want men, more men to, 
to discern the life because it's an amazing life. It's a really beautiful life. Um, so I, and I see that number growing. I see a lot of men, a lot of guys um, who are inquiring feel like they need to, there's something more within them. They, they want to, to, to serve uh, in a very unique way. I know I felt that way when I was discerning the priesthood. I couldn't decide if it was the military life or the priesthood. And I entered into ROTC thinking it was military. And I thought, no, no, it'd be the priesthood. And I think find guys that are very much the same way. They feel a, a dual calling. I see. Uh, how many inquiries have you had just, say, this month in uh, January of 2022? Yeah, it's been a busy month. I mean, here we are, the 13th day of January, uh, and we've already had 24. Wow. 24 inquiries. We get roughly one to three a day, people calling in or emailing or, or showing interest. And then I take those, and then, then I, I help walk with them and help them in that, that discernment. Um, I'll get them in touch with their vocation director from their home diocese. Um, maybe they're in the military, so I'll make sure that they're in touch with their military chaplain and, and get them connected with the spiritual director that can help them to discern. This is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services. And our guest is Father S. Matthew Gray, who is the vocations director here at the Archdiocese, also a captain in the United States Air Force who not too long ago just returned from a deployment uh, in the Middle East. Uh, Father Gray, what is your advice to that young man who's out there in that predicament you just described, trying to decide if he wants to be in the military, wants to be a priest, where his life is going? What's your advice? Yeah, you know, at that point in your life, you're like think, trying to, you're asking the biggest question. Why do I exist? What's my purpose? And I think it's a question that all of us ask at some point in our life. And I think if, if you want to find that purpose, you, first you have to go that, yes, you are called, you have a vocation. St. John Paul II said, your vocation is to holiness. That's her primary Christian vocation. The next question is, how do I live that vocation as a, as a married man or as a priest or a religious brother or a single for the Lord or as a deacon? How do I, how do I live that life? And, and the answer, how you discern that is you pray. And that's the biggest advice I can give any man who's discerning. Spend time with the Lord. You know, go to adoration. Make sure you're, you're in a state of grace. Go to confession when you need it. Uh, go to Mass, daily Mass if you can. And, and then get a good spiritual director. Start talking about it. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to step out and, and to give it a try. Guys, when they, wanna, they, when, they, when they apply to seminary, sometimes they have this idea that they're going to be priests. And that's really not the case. The seminary is a time of discernment of the priesthood. And you have six to eight years to do that. So you're not going in saying, okay, I'm going to be ordained tomorrow. If I have a guy saying that, I'll be, I'll be a little worried. <laughs> um, but you, you have that time. So I'd say if you, if you feel like the Lord may be calling you to be a priest, reach out to your vocation director and just start talking with him. And know that the, the Lord's going to work through him and through you to help you in that discernment and that you have time. Having been through the experience yourself, what is the experience of discernment like? What is that that yearning to be a priest, that calling from the Lord? How does it express itself hmm. in your experience anyway? Uh, it's uh, It expressed itself in kind of an unsettledness. I felt um, that there was more. Uh, at the time of my, when I was converting, I'm a convert, um, so I converted to the Catholic faith, and uh, I was in a fraternity, and I was going to go into international business. And 
I was seeing the people that I was surrounded with, my fraternity brothers and the people in business that we were rubbing elbows with and all that, a certain unsettledness with them. They weren't happy. And I kind of asked them, I don't, do I want to live that life? I want, there's something more to this. And so there's a certain amount of uh, being unsettled and feeling like there's something more. And then I began to ask questions. You know, um, what is the priesthood? What does it entail? What's the life like? And I pray, of course, and and I ask the Lord for a sign. So, Lord, give me a sign. You know, let me know that I, that I'm on the right path. And and He does. He'll give you uh, signs for people. They come up to you out of nowhere, saying, you know, have you ever thought about being a priest? You know, and um, and you may not have told anybody. And that's what you go, okay, <laughs> all right, okay, I'm I'm just this right. Uh, or it may be in Scripture. One day, you know, you say, Lord, you know, I need to need a sign, and it may be from. Uh, the book of Samuel, which we just had the other day, the Lord calling Samuel and Samuel answering, here I am. You know, um, it, it can any number of ways. I see. For the young man listening to this and thinking that uh, he might want to pursue this path of discernment and has an interest in the vocation within a vocation uh, to be a mili- both a military chaplain and a priest, how can he reach out to you? He can reach us on via email uh, through vocations at millarch.org. I can go to our website on the Military Archdiocese website and go to the vocations page. We have information there and learn about a co-sponsorship program. And I suppose he could call here at the Archdiocese. Oh, oh, yes, of course. Yeah, he can call the Archdiocese, ask to speak to the vocation director in the vocations office. That number is 202 719 Zero zero two zero two seven one nine three six zero zero. You've been through the process. You're ordained. You're in the military. Uh, was it worth it? Oh yes, <laughs> absolutely. I wouldn't trade a minute. I wouldn't trade anything. I love being a priest. What is it you like about it? Uh, the fact that, like, when I lay my head down on the pillow at night, and it may be a hard night. You know, we might have been getting shot at, but I can lay my head down on the pillow and go. I made a difference, you know. I helped somebody come closer to Christ. And that is so fulfilling and rewarding. And that, that's what I, I, I just love. I, I love offering Mass, standing in the place of Christ, to say those holy words of institution, the Eucharist, to, to forgive sins, uh, be that instrument of God's grace and sacrament of confession. Uh, yeah, any I wouldn't trade it for anything. I've been talking to Father S. Matthew Gray, the Director of Vocations, here at the Archdiocese for the Military Services. Father Gray, thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, you're welcome, Taylor. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government's civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve.